Welcome to the Battery Testing Mentor Podcast. My name is Johannes and here I discuss all topics around battery testing, battery safety. Short, on the point and with actionable advice. Also visit www.batterytestingmentor.com and sign up there for the email update. With every episode, I send out a short summary of the key takeaways of that episode straight into your inbox so that you can make up your mind if you listen to this episode now or later. Also, if you have any questions, advice, comments, feedback whatsoever, just hit reply and send me an email. Recently, I was at a conference. I made a small speech about how to set up a battery testing lab and what is important when you do build up, extend your, your battery testing area. And there were a lot of questions coming, people coming after the conference and asking me. So I thought maybe that's a good topic to make a video here on a podcast episode about this as well. Why can I talk about this is also the point I planned a couple of battery labs in my recent uh, years, in my recent life. Also recently I was involved in some projects as well where it was exactly about planning early stage battery labs. So I, I thought like I have some knowledge that's shared. Imagine you want to set up a battery testing. Why should you put some mental effort in this? First thing is you should not test a battery in an apartment or an office. I mean, apartment, definitely not. Office is a little bit more safe because typically you have more uh, evacuation routes to run away. Nevertheless, I've also heard about these instances where someone took a battery and charged it on his desk. And then of course the charging doesn't work and the battery starts burning and then the office needs to be evacuated. In the best case, you just have some smoke there. In the worst case, the fire extinguishing starts and you have huge damage. So don't do it in a not professional, not planned for setting. Now we got already to the point of saying good. The office is not the right place. Let's look how to test. Maybe we can go in the ground floor, the garage of the office. Maybe that's a point, but then you also need to evaluate closely how to do it, what you want to do and what you need to prepare to make it safe. Don't just set up some metal box and start testing or only do it at your own risk. I would strongly advise against it. If you then look around with you want to, to do the testing, you often start with first the, the demand in mind. You should know what you want to test, how much you want to test, what is the typical demand, what is the foresight, how much will you need to test in a year or two or three. If you know this, will you do internal testing kind of from your internal customers, from development departments? Or do you plan to offer this as a service and then you go to yeah all the battery developers and, and try to offer them an, an, a compelling solution? Also, if you go into abuse testing, the biggest challenge is probably the gas cleaning system. The gas cleaning system helps to take out all the, the hazardous substances from the exhaust and it is kind of easy I mean even then it is a complex system but it's kind of easy in an in a process environment where you have a continuous flow if you produce a battery cell you have a 24 7 continuous production it runs you can maybe change the speed but basically it runs all the time the chemicals evaporate they go into the process air you constantly suck out the air and constantly clean it and it 
and you have basically a constantly low level of um, cleaning or low level of pollution in the big amount of air that you need to take care of. This is the one thing that informs your your design of the test lab. And on the other hand, you typically know where you want to build it, right? In the example, maybe you want to put it into the garage of the office. Then you can have a look at this and uh, make up your mind if it's really the best idea. Also, if you go in an industrial area, there might be already a building sitting there, this, this term brownfield uh, planning, or you really go into a greenfield area where basically you have only a piece of land and first need to let the excavators come and, and dig holes and pour concrete. This is very important as an, as an information because it informs you on the one hand how much flexibility you have to put the equipment in there or to put the equipment around. On the other hand, what is there for the inputs? Where is the electricity coming from? Is there maybe a transformator already? Where is it? How can we then also optimize everything in terms of the, the supply to, to reduce the cost? Also, how to bring them both together to optimize the process. This is really a super important part because if you make kind of a process mistake in the beginning, you will feel this process mistake in the whole years of operation. And it really is, is a big thing if you need to run 50 meters always in to, to one end and then to the other and bring the batteries back and forth just to, to follow your normal step and can't do it kind of next to each other in the lab layout. What is also important there is then to, to know with this information what you want to test, what surrounding, what additional inputs you need. If you say you have a climate chamber, you know, of course, how big the climate chamber is roughly, it's roughly is for the beginning enough because then later when, once you have decided for the supplier, you have it really in detail. But as long as you haven't decided the, the supplier, it doesn't make sense to limit yourself on just one uh, size, right? So you have it roughly, but then you need to, to know what inputs do you need? Do you need high uh, pressurized air? Do you need uh, process water? Do you need heating? Do you need cooling? Do you go for central cooling? Do you have uh, decentral cooling systems? How is your, your room temperature looking like? Like, do you have an unheated area or is a certain semi-heated industrial complex that has like 10 degrees Celsius inside in the winter and 30 degrees in summer or maybe also 35 or 40? These are all the, the uh, important information that you need to gather, gather to put the puzzle pieces together towards having a plan for the lab. This is really still early stage where you say, oh, I want to build a lab, but I need to figure out what my plan should. This is also very important. You, you don't start a lab by uh, just uh, getting an architect to design a CAD uh, a building plan. But first you need to define what all, all these puzzle pieces I call because it's really a, a, a lot of pieces that need to fit together. It doesn't make sense to, to have them pieces missing or disconnected. And in the end, you have an, an undersized cooling system, for example. Looking into a battery lab, especially when you have an, an abuse lab where you try out some stuff with batteries that lead to them starting a thermal runaway and maybe burning and huge fireballs and stuff like this. You have 
an, an extreme high pollution in very short time and then slow down. And maybe after two or three hours, the battery is burned out. There are no gases coming out anymore. It was everything released within these two hours and this needs to be cleaned. You need to get it out of the air. You don't want to just release it to the environment. How do you size then the gas cleaning system? Do you size it based on this peak value that you have immediately after the event? <clears throat> Can you just take an average over these two hours? It's not so easy. You really need to have a look at the specific case, how many bunkers you have, what tests you want to do, what do you expect as an exhaust as pollution and then is there a way to kind of keep the fumes the exhaust kind of inside the bunker is there some way to stretch everything a little bit out so that you get down with the peak value so really abuse testing is a complex situation to plan and also there if you plan something wrong you have then everything in concrete and you can't change not anymore afterwards this also leads to to the other point of surrounding equipment what you need in terms of safety the key point there is the fire extinguishing system normally you want to have a fire extinguishing system in the whole lab because you are testing batteries keep this in mind you can basically tell yourself the question is not will a battery start burning but when will a battery start burning and for this point you should be prepared and the fire extinguishing system is the key measure to to inhibit an fire and there are also a lot of different fire extinguishing systems um the high pressure water mist system is currently the best water uh, fire extinguishing system that is there also dealing with um battery fires of course if you're building has already a fire extinguishing system installed, do you really want to exchange the whole system and replace it with a new high-pressure water mist system? Or can you maybe go with the existing one? Also, the prices are, of course, very different. So there is also some real value in evaluating this deeply and saying, where do I really need the high-pressure water mist system? Where can I go with a normal fire extinguishing system? and which areas are maybe okay to have no fire extinguishing system because there are no batteries there, for example. Of course, there are then all the building codes uh, and regulations laws that need to be followed. This is also a big thing. Also then leading back into the whole project planning, the timeline that, that you have, if you go brownfield, you have a very defined small lab setup, you might be able to set it up in six months to, to nine months. If you make a big lab with many different test areas, it can take one and a half, two, three years. And then if you go greenfield and need to get first the building approvals, you need to have everything written down and approved before you, you can even ask the excavators to come and put the concrete. It takes longer and you can easily get over three years. You see, there are really a lot of different puzzle pieces that need to be put together in the end to, to give this matching picture that then can be given into the detailed planning, into the planning of the architect who designs the CD model of the lab, into buying the, the right equipment and specifying then the equipment that really fits the use case. 
into hiring the right people, into having everything there that supports and, and running that. There are a lot of items, way, way more than would fit into 15 minutes. Therefore, I stop here. If you have any questions, any burning points that, that lie on in your head and you say, oh my God, I need to know this because I want to plan a better life. Um, then reach out to me. I'm happy to discuss this with you. And so long, I wish you a good week ahead. Thank you very much for listening.